Blog Talk Radio. nice to get a little break right especially nowadays the last chunk of years it's been so many dates so like three fights on a saturday or three different uh events on a saturday sometimes just that night here in the states so you know it is what it is uh long story short we are going to start more news oriented there is uh stuff i'd like to speak about a little bit anyway with spencer crawford uh, being that, you know, last week we talked about how if it's not going to be announced, you know, what was that, Wednesday? If it wasn't announced Thursday, at the latest Friday, it probably was not going to happen on November. <clears throat> now, Michael Coppinger, <clears throat> excuse me, among others, Jake Donovan, some others that we'll talk about, even Espinoza talked about it very minorly anyway, um, spoke about this. But there was a report from Mike Coppinger about the negotiations some of the details that his source are, are you know is, is telling us so we're going to talk a little bit about that but i'm not going to make it into some long overwinded segment because the negotiations as far as we know because remember neither fighter has come out and talked about it so i don't want to make any kind of final conclusion like you do see a lot of people carrying on you know a narrative um, and how the report, I don't know, it's been taken a couple different ways. Like I said, some people that it just feeds their narrative. Um, others, you go, okay, well, maybe that's a legit point. Whatever. We're going to talk about it in general. Um, and then there's also a little bit, you know, Oscar De La Hoya on audio, someone walked up on him um, on a golf course, I 
and he gave us some good news. He hasn't had much news or, or good news. It's been mostly negative the last few months about the potential for Javante Tank Davis and Ryan Garcia to step in the ring. Kind of interesting as far as talk a little bit about that. It sounds like Fury and Anthony Joshua is off. Um, was it really ever going to be on? Was it realistic in that kind of uh, short window to make that fight? We'll talk a little bit about that. You know, what do they do? Really, Fury sounds like he still wants to fight. You know, we hear a variety of, of, of people that maybe, you know, Fury Chisora. Would that be three? Um, and then, of course, uh, you know, we'll, we'll speak about uh, some current fight news and a little bit of boxing Twitter. Uh, like I said, just kind of doing an afternoon show. I don't expect anybody to uh, call in that wants to talk, but there are some people on right now. It's the normal crew that just kind of listens. If you do want to, you know, press one, go right ahead. Otherwise, you know, we appreciate that as well. So we're going to talk, of course, though, in the ring, Chris Eubank Jr., Connor Ben at a 157 catch weight. Um, I mean, that's really what this fight is about. That and I guess you could say the rehydration weight. Um, so we're gonna break down that fight, preview and predict that fight. Obviously, you know the the, the fathers fought years ago, what thirty years ago or something like that. So um, and that was a great fight. Um, I don't know, man. It, it's an interesting fight. I'm definitely intrigued in it. Um, it feels like a win-win for Connor Ben. Um, Obviously, sometimes we've seen fighters go up in weight and it doesn't go good for them as long as he makes, you know, a good account for himself. I, in, even in the loss, I think it's a win-win for him because he is raising his profile. For Eubank Jr., the pressure's really on him. Now, they can always say, well, those last few pounds actually got me. But the way he's been trolling, whether those are, you know, fresh videos or not, he's been trolling like he can make the weight. Many of his words and quotes have been, well, quoted, uh, saying, you know, I got this. This is easy. I make 160 fairly easy, so he should be able to do it. We'll see. We'll talk a little bit about that uh, time listening to the Rope Dope Radio podcast. Welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Rope Dope Radio. However, you don't have to go to Blog Talk and Rope Dope and and download the show directly there or listen to the browser if you don't want to. You can find this here, platform Ropadope Radio Podcast on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Spricker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, even Amazon Music, and a variety of other items or places and platforms. Um, <clears throat> while you're at it, why don't you head on over to thegruelingtruth.com. And one more thing, if you're thinking about cutting the cord, or you're ha you have and you're not yeah, I'm really messing it up here. <laughs> you have and you're not quite happy. I got something for you. It's called Direct TV Stream. It's the best of live TV and on demand. There's no annual contract, no hidden fees. Plus, you get to enjoy regional sports networks without those additional fees <clears throat> uh, from a limited time only. The prices start as low as forty nine ninety nine choice or ultimate package. That gives you three months of Showtime, Star, Cinemax. In epics, that's $160 worth of value for that three months. And by the way, boxing fans, although Showtime's uh, <clears throat> schedule is light at the moment, um, we'll talk a little bit about that as far as Spencer Crawford, you know, holding up that. 
some other items around that. But by the way, they still have that Showtime Direct TV stream deal, three months, five fifty per month. So we'll see if they put up some good fights here, and it will be worth it for boxing fans. That's Direct TV stream. Anyway, <clears throat> anyway, um, you know, let's start with the Fury Anthony Joshua stuff because, you know, it just. You know, it is what it is, right? I, I never – I actually didn't hold my – I don't hold my breath that much when it comes to boxing and hoping for stuff, right? Um, call me jaded, whatever you want. I call it – sure, there's – you get jaded. But it's also being realistic, knowing the amount of work that has to be done in negotiation time frame, which there was a small window, short window – didn't really think it was realistic, to be honest with you. I said that from the start. Um, and I don't even know if it, you know, I, I do side with Eddie Hearn in a sense, only where he was saying originally that I'm not sure how serious uh, Tyson Fury was about this. Not that Fury or Joshua was ducking. It's not about that. It's just about keeping your name out there, getting a fight in, and then fighting Usyk and maybe – he was pressuring Usyk to say, hey, dude, you say you need a break. How long are we talking? And maybe that's why Usyk is pressuring him now, saying, hey, I, I said I'd be ready in February, March, whenever that, you know, I think it's February, whatever else, or March about that date in Saudi Arabia. And he's talking about, well, I could fight Joyce or, or you know, supposedly, reportedly anyway, he's supposed to be live there at the Wilder fight. So it could have been a lot of talking points. So originally when Eddie Hearn – said that that did kind of ring true to me a little bit um and eddie recently said that you know it may have been a bluff we called their bluff on it um but on the same breath they've had the contract for a while and like i said a lot of these things take a while to figure out uh it's not just sign the contract and it's over i mean you're seeing that with uh you know the reports uh, with spence crawford from a couple of weeks ago um so I never really truly believed it. I just didn't think there is there's time. It's nice that they came to terms in some form or fashion and, and Eddie Hearn and, and Joshua's side who didn't have to take the sixty forty, um you know, agreed to that and uh agreed to moving up the fight date a little bit more than they were comfortable with, yada yada yada. So I mean and maybe it's just that side, too, thinking there's no way we could really do this, but let's accept it and say, hey, we were ready. Let's do it. Um, it could have been just, you know, a lot of that in general. You know, it makes Joshua look good. It also, you know, the Tyson Fury fans and everyone would be like, hey, man, he tried to do it. But then, you know, Fury, anytime you're, you know, I did give Eddie credit. Tyson Fury was kind of the one that was, um, you know, screaming about deadlines and then another deadline and, you know, that type of thing. And, and Eddie Hearn, although normally he doesn't talk about – he talks about fights way more than this, he would answer questions, but he kept it to a minimum, so I was giving him some credit there. Now it does seem like he's out there talking a lot about it, and he's calling it off. Anthony Joshua released, a you know, a video of him rapping saying, you know, it's with the lawyers and, and whatnot, and, and, and other videos saying it's, it's with the lawyers right now. And like I said, I just never saw it come together that quick. You know, uh, the U.S. I mean, 
we talk about promoters not working here, but they really don't. Queensberry, Frank Warren, and Matchroom with Eddie, they really don't work together. It's very rare. So I just didn't – I thought there was too many hurdles in a short amount of time, so I'm not surprised. No, You know, I think it could happen, and I like that they at least had some talks and were reaching across, you know, the table. And maybe next year, who knows, the year after, you never know. Uh, but I think the, the fight's very possible to happen. I just think, it, like I said, the short window. Um, really on both sides. Um, so anyway, we are hearing now that, you know, Shasora uh, has a contract. We know Char. We're also, I heard a couple of reports about Char and Dubois. Um, that Char may have, uh, I've seen this twice on Twitter from, you know, somewhat reputable sources anyway, I should say, um, that Char, I don't know, did he sign? I don't know. I, actually, I don't want to talk about it because I don't know it to be factual, but um, there was a, a, some reports or, or some talk about Char and Dubois, which, you know, actually, I could understand that, like on the theory undercard or whatever. I, I wouldn't doubt that that's a play, but Chisora, <clears throat> you know, has a contract. Will he take it? I don't know. It, that fight kind of makes sense if he's going to fight December 3rd and then, you know, AJ. So he, he'd stay busy. It's not like uh, the style matchup would be, you know, something due towards Usyk, right? But then, again, there's not many Usyks. I mean, Tyson Fury's one of them, but, you know, what, Frank Sanchez or something? Like, there's not many outside boxes uh, at heavyweight that you can, you know, fight someone right before Usyk and be like, all right, that was a good fight. Let's score. Um, so that's about it there. That's Sounds like that ship has sailed. I don't really think they ever had the ship at sea. I think it was still at the port. But I think that is good signs in this. I'm not going to, like I said, I'm not going to give my final, you know, my my long-winded segment of ranting, like a rant section on the Spence and Crawford. I'm just going to give you some details that were reported and my thoughts on it. I don't want to make, like I said, a final outcome to it because they're still negotiating and we still haven't heard from the fighters so um real quick though as far as oscar de la hoya talking about um gervonta and ryan fighting possibly in january um this is i mean i don't know i don't know i mean this is the first positive that we're hearing but take it for whatever you will but here is a um some audio from him talking about the fight when uh, somebody walked up to him and, and asked him. What are the updates on Ryan versus Tank? I'm close. Close? I'm close. Henry Garcia said 100% confirmed. What do you think? Not, not confirmed, but close. Um, should be happening in January. See you in Vegas. See you in Vegas. All right. See, there it is. Um, some audio. Talking about see you in Vegas. It's close for January. Um. You know, he had, I don't know. I mean, you can't just trust Oscar blindly. You can't really trust anybody blindly, right? But, like, I don't know, <laughs> you know? Um, I will say this. The Nevada State um, Athletic Commission, um, there's, what is it, three or four? I think it's three dates here, actually. Let me get the information I had here. Uh, TG Promotions at the MGM Grand. Um 
has it on hold. Three different January 7th, January 28th, and February 4th. Uh, these are the possible dates for Spence and Crawford. Maybe it's one of the dates, um, you know, for that as well. It's reported by a variety of sources, but three separate dates are on hold for PTV promotions at the MGM. January 7th, January 28th, and February 4th. Now, maybe there was already a December 17th or 3rd date there. I don't, you know, maybe that's the one that they were thinking was going to be uh, for Garcia and, and Tank, and maybe 7th, 28th. I don't know about the 7th. 28th seems to be more lined up, maybe the February 4th as well, because that's the the week between the Super Bowl. Um. And even on January 28th, that weekend, it is, it's the conference finals, I believe, but wait a second. Because the conference finals are only on a Sunday, but actually, no, it's it's one, that's right, they pushed it back one more week because you got the week of the game last week. I forgot about that part. So used to that, let me double check. Yeah, I'm so used to that last Saturday being the break, so, um, so instead of that being the break, the fourth would be the break. Yeah, okay. So it's still it's it's still one uh, be NFL on Saturday going that day or whatever. But yeah, those could be the working dates. I don't know. Um, you know, we can only sit back and, and, and see what happens when it comes to that. Um, but who knows? You know what I mean? Who who really knows when some of this stuff? You just kind of got to take it in use logic and go from there. I mean, that that's really all you can do. Um, you know, Tank's issue in December, which that would have been fight week with what they were talking about on that first date. Also coming up here soon, October 19th, um, Gervonta has a hearing uh, surrounding two battery charges. This is uh, Coppinger. Uh, the date was set on Thursday. This is uh, from last week. Um, uh, the charges stem from his alleged involvement February 20th uh, incident. Um, but I I don't, you know what I mean? I, I, I don't know. Um, oh, okay, hold on. This is what, when he's observed. Okay, so this is that, that, that game. Maybe that's why I got pushed back. You know, I have no clue. No clue at all, but I just wanted to report that because it's at least coming from the, the horse's mouth. You know what I mean? Um, so, you know, that's something. I mean, for him to say that, because like I said, the stuff before it didn't didn't look favorable. You know what I mean? It really didn't look favorable. So we'll see, you know, where that goes. Um, I don't know. But that's, I guess, a good sign. We've heard from a lot of different, uh, you know, trust, I'd say. Some people you can definitely trust as far as, you know, sometimes the source is wrong or whatever, but. Overall, you know, I, I really don't know, man. I'm not really sure um, how that how that goes. But hopefully, hopefully, good things happen. Now, before we get into the in ring stuff, let's cover one more item that was a hot topic, especially among the uh, narrative folks, the PBC narrative folks. This kind of reminds me minorly. Not exact example, but it, it really reminds me of last year, um, I guess late, would that be late in the summer, um, Canelo 
and Caleb Plant uh, negotiations and how, you know, it stalled and then it went on. And, you know, a lot of these same uh, folks in the media, part-time media, really ran with it. And we're saying all this misinformation and just like giving their opinions on stuff where you're like, oh, really? Oh, okay. Huh. Interesting. Anyway, this is um, Coppinger here, ESPN, obviously. Um, so, you know, they said the, it's in jeopardy as far as not happening. You know, it, it may take place on November 19th uh, because of lingering dispute regarding the contract. Sources told ESPN and Coppinger if the pay-per-view fight set for law is finalized, it won't take place on the targeted November 19th, but rather, uh, rather uh, December or even January. Um, Spence and Crawford had agreed to terms, it was reported, uh, with Crawford set to earn the short end of the financial split. That's what ESPN reported earlier in the month. Uh, the issue Crawford, the issue now as far as his sources. Now, whether this is, uh, you know, someone close to Crawford's team or someone right in the team, whatever it is, I, I have no clue. Um, but basically, Crawford wants tra- the issue. Crawford wants transparency related uh, transparency related to event expenses since the contract contains no purse. Sources say. Um, since Crawford will earn a percentage of net revenue, he wants the ability to prove expenses, sources say. Um, if the rematch clause, just more on the report, if, if the rematch, it's a bilateral rematch clause, if the rematch clause is triggered, the winner will earn the majority of revenue uh, for the return bout. Um, but if talks for the first bout continue to drag on, uh, you could see them in different fights or whatever. So, now, a lot of people have just taken this report as gold and gone with their PBC narrative and Al Heyman, and Al Heyman's the devil. He's the worst thing that ever entered boxing. He's horrible, blah, 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 right? Um, and, you know, remember, this report, you know, to believe this report 100%, you do have to you have to kind of not believe his first report then, right? You kind of have to do that in a sense because he reported terms were agreed upon. So it was just money and split and that's it because it may, he made it sound like, and so did others when they reported it, uh, Dan as well, Rayfield. um, They made it sound like it's just the lawyers looking at the, the lawyer jargon stuff. And they're just crossing the I's, dotting the T's, and and just doing their thing, you know. And it's just it's gonna get worked out. It's done. All the main points. It looks like it's on, right? So my point is, if you're gonna send over a contract, and it just has to be looked over and signed, because that's kind of the way they made. They said basically the largest hurdles are already over, done. Basically. They just got to let the lawyers look at it and sign the contract. Well, if that's the case, this stuff right here is kind of strange for that to come up now. That's something before someone would send you a contract to sign officially for the fight, you'd think you'd already have that discussion. Um, And maybe, maybe, maybe not. I don't know for a fact. Um, And maybe the Crawford side, you know, we, I heard 
I saw Raging Babe and others uh, saying, just to use the Raging Babe quote from her tweet, saying that he hired a big gun, meaning a lawyer. Now, I don't know the big gun lawyer. I don't know if he's, you know, has a lot of experience in boxing or not. I don't know if he's just a big gun lawyer in general. Um, but Crawford, for based off Raging Babe, and like I said, some others have said this too, that he, he hired a, a big gun lawyer. And so, you know, maybe he is just fighting for stuff, you know, um, transparency, or is he saying we want control over the overhead, you know, and this report kind of got taken, you know, I, the context is bad, and maybe that's purposefully, I don't know, but when he says there's, he doesn't have a guarantee the Crawford side, and that that's why I don't want to give some sort of long-winded rant on the scenario because we don't have, you know, a final, is the fight made or is it done? As soon as it's Spence Thurman or Crawford and somebody else getting announced or talking about they're in talks, and even that wouldn't do it because you hear that all the time too, but until I see that these negotiations are done, I'm not going to give my final thoughts on it because I think that's just stupid. And it would kind of, you know, fall into that Canelo and Caleb Plant stuff last last year, uh, you know, maybe a year and a couple months. I think it was like at the end of summer or something like that. But um, <clears throat> maybe not. Maybe it was middle summer. I can't remember when that negotiation fell off and then picked back up. But, you know, if this were the case, and I guarantee that once the negotiations end, the fight's either going to be announced or – they're going to, like I said, announce separate fights. If I hear Spence and Thurman is is announced, is it a good fight? Yeah. Would I be disappointed? Of course. Um, definitely. But until that time, I'm not going to make some kind of final thing. And I'm not just going to keep with this narrative just to, oh, just to add to the narrative. Because, of course, on both sides, Cole, obviously, if this was true, and they're looking for transparency that they're not able to get. Because some people are running with two things. He's not allowing him to open up the book and, and let uh, Crawford see it, right? If that's the case, and if that is actually true, then yeah, I would be heavy critical. I mean, I would have a rant session on the, the PBC side of Al Heyman, and Spence for that matter, but especially Al Heyman, right? Um and I, and I got to say, I would be critical on both sides because if in your biggest fight on the Crawford side, if, if you are not getting any guaranteed money and you're only going to make money on the back end money, that's, that's crazy too. That's ridiculous. I mean, that, you rarely hear someone say, well, I'm just making money on the back end. I have no guarantee. I, you know. But does that, that's where I'm saying the, the context of that. You know, no guarantee. Does he not know exactly what he's going to make? Yeah, that's paper. You have a minimum of what you're going to make, but to know exactly what you're going to make, meaning a guarantee here, here's $8 million. You know you're making $8 million for this fight. You know, that's different than saying there's no guarantee money at all. And some people have ran like, oh, there's – He's not even giving him up any kind of upfront money. Well, that would be bullshit on AIM, no doubt. But it would also be bullshit on that side. Like I said, it's worse. It would be, allegedly, 
worse on the Heyman side, obviously, because that would be ridiculous. That's why I don't really believe that's the case. But it would be really bad on, on the Crawford side if they allowed him to go in there and only be making on the back end of the, you know, the only money he's going to get is the back end. And that's how some people, and it was, it was vaguely reported. I highly doubt that there's no upfront money, but I don't know that to be a fact. And if Crawford says that after these negotiations are done, okay, that's different. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's where I stand. Um, I will say this, uh, Jake Donovan has said that there's no major changes that they still feel he feels that the fight's going to happen he hasn't heard anything that would you know go there and if you don't believe jake because you know uh but i know that showtime owns you know the site so lance pugmire which a lot of people go to for the anti-pb stuff pbc stuff to be fair over the years he said this is what i've been told about this fight at this hour um, nothing has changed, nothing any worse off than we were a week or two ago, still trying to close the deal. If it continues to lag, a move off November 19th will happen. And this is also Espinosa. Negotiations are ongoing, and we're still working hard to make the fight. Sorry, I don't have more to offer, but you know, publicly airing the negotiations would only make it more difficult uh, to make the deal. Oh, and don't believe everything you read. So. That's where I'm at with it. I'm not going to fall for it, you know? Because like I said, remember the plant Canelo stuff. Just remember it. Remember because the, 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 the detail on that reporting of why um, at the 11th hour, the 12th hour, at the 18th hour, why it fell apart. Why the, and that was because Canelo, it was reported anyway, that Canelo wanted to be guaranteed the same amount of money, even if he's fighting a backup fighter if Caleb Plank gets hurt. So no postponement, just let me fight that night. Now, we didn't get any detail, I, I believe, about would that give Heyman an option to be able to have him fight Plant next, you know? Because I think that's only fair. Because remember, that was, at the time, the PBC... It's Showtime outbid the zone, and that was the most upfront money Canelo was ever going to get. So the least you could do is fight the guy they want you to fight if you're going to get the most upfront money at the time that you ever got upfront. I'm saying, get the comments or the messages. Say, no, 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 no. I'm saying upfront money. That was the most he's ever made upfront. So, and that was, and they they ran with it. Oh, look, you know, Ring IQ. Montero, all these guys, you know, they're sitting there, they're, they're running, oh, he's trying to screw them, oh, these, these PBC contracts, see, you know, and, and they're just talking about Canelo wants that, you know, I thought, what was it, 40 mil or whatever up front, I can't remember, I think it was, then he should get it, you know, he should get it, he should be able to get that, he's the money man, it's like, nah, dude, that's not how it works, that's not how it works, dude, so, so Canelo gets to fight the backup if something happened to plant. But you know, if Canelo got hurt, it would be postponed probably. But so so Al's supposed to give him a career-high upfront money, and then Canelo just did after that, fighting the backup. Come on, dude. That, that's just basic stuff. We, we've – there's been plenty of uh, – you know, it was reported that Pacquiao got less to fight Ugas. That we've, 
We've seen that before. Now, if you're making healthy money, like one or two million a fight, I think that's probably what you get if there's a late opponent for that. But when we're talking pay-per-view, you got paid off projections of what this fight will bring. If Plant had, clearly the, the proof is in the pudding. And it's funny because all these narratives that helped get their views and retweets and likes and all that, right? All those narratives got shut down after that. They really don't shut them down ever. But a lot of the stuff they said, all of a sudden, Canelo and Caleb Plant were back on. And look at the pay-per-view numbers they did. The break-even was like 500, 550. I think it was 550 was the break-even. So clearly, you know, not only did he get his most upfront money at the time, I'm sure he made money on the back end. It did a monster gate compared to, like, the Jacobs or Kovalev or some other fights like that. Um, so, yeah, this just sounds like a narrative. And, and and it's just ongoing. It's just an ongoing thing. Um, how it goes? That that it's just funny, you know. Just like uh, the Schofield interview. Shouts out to the boxing voice. They're using a clip of oh, you know, Al Heyman wanted to use my likeness, you know, and saying, look at these contracts. But yet, when Golden Boy sued Al Heyman, the PBC, when that that case eventually got thrown out, but there was some discovery in there. And we discovered the crazy shit that Golden Boy had in their contracts about managers. And forget Al Heyman. But it's funny. I mean, any manager that a fighter at that time in the contract wanted, I shouldn't say any fighter, but if you're going to sign with Golden Boy, they have to approve your manager. <laughs> That's fucking wild. And if you're so worried about fighter rights, not only that, but we saw what they did behind uh, closed doors allegedly enough to bring in a lawsuit zone and made an agreement with Canelo and they were opposite agreement that was alleged there was a lawsuit he got he got free from his contract <laughs> so it's it's really funny like I said just be consistent if you're so worried about fighters rights then worry about fighters rights in general not just uh contracts with Al Heyman and that you know, big shots out to Schofield and his father and, and the independent contractor theme that they were saying in that in that interview. And, and, and I, I hear you. I hear you. Uh, but the likeness thing, that's ridiculous because I can go on ESPN Plus right now and watch Floyd Mayweather and Oscar De La Hoya fight. I can go on zone and watch Floyd Mayweather fights on zone because of Golden Boy being part of zone. So, I mean, if it happens to Oscar De La Hoya and Floyd Mayweather, think about what you're saying, you know. It's, and like I said, I'm not, you know, the, the, probably the, the, the farthest independent contractor when you're a prospect to become a champ is Devin Haney, right? They were with Showtime, then they went with the zone. They got paid really healthy with the zone. Took them a while to get quality opponents. Started to get back-to-back quality opponents with Linares and JoJo. But he even had to sign on to a multi-fight deal, you know, to get that to get his fights he wanted. So, you know, I respect what they're saying, but to sit there and act like that video of what they were saying proves that the contracts are fucked up. Like I said, fighter like promoters can put you on the bench. You know, we've seen it time and time again. They can pay you, and you still. They can pay you not to fight. You know, they can do a bunch of stuff. And, and the, so the fighters' rights 
are something that is serious, but to only pick out one side of it is just, it's just funny, dude. And that's where it comes down to it. But we've already gone long, long enough. I will say this, though. This Spence and uh, Crawford stuff getting drawn out and getting pushed back, hopefully just pushed back, has affected, you know, the PBC schedule. And, you know, they only have two fights, one of them this week, the, the, the next week. They only have two fights on the schedule, and, and we are – or two events, I should say. It is October 4th. So, yeah, that part of it is disappointing, you know. Um, so, yeah, that, that shit sucks because it is holding that up. And something that I reported, you know, a while back and I started to talk about also was the Showtime – renegotiation deal and i ever only heard one person say it and that's jake donovan shouts out to him and lefty on the show saturday mornings check it out support chicken talk in general but he's the only guy i've heard say that part of this might be as far as the holdup is the renegotiation with showtime for their deals and whether that includes fox or some other platform i have no clue but i talked about it months ago fruition a little bit anyway uh we'll see if they do announce a, a re-up on a negotiation or if pbc's with showtime and somebody else or if there's an expansion of of you know cards on shows i have no clue i have no clue but it does it does suck because right now you know and it, it, it's really like a holding pattern in some of the main events like on showtime has fallen off very similar to 2014 and 2018 um as far as their schedule being weird. Not Showtime in 2018 was really good. Well, so far it had been really good. But if you look at their last three, you know, the main event's not necessarily main event quality. Now, you know, Fundora and Tampa, that might be a fun fight. But I like the undercard, and, and I can say that about their last three uh, cards. It's like, oh, I like some of the undercard fights. But if you look back at it, late uh, July, uh, Danny Garcia – Jose Benavides as the main event, uh, Broner Figueroa, which I understood why that was a main event, and on paper they were in similar areas, but it's not a strong main event, obviously. Um, and then this one, like I said, Fundora Campa, probably be a war, might be a great fight. I'm not ripping it, but it's not necessarily up to the level that they've been now for a while. Showtime, because Showtime had the best uh, stuff last year, and they were leading up until really these last three shows. The combination of the last three main events and what do we have on the schedule? You know, I mean, they they have two show box cards. I, I think those are going to be enjoyable. Some interesting matchups. That's cool. But I'm talking about championship boxing. Uh, what will November and December, in my opinion, look like? But we'll see. We'll see. Um, speaking of the holdup, this fight has been all at the WBO. Uh, call or excuse me, WBA calls for Leo Santa Cruz and Lee Wood again. Lee Wood got injured. It sounds like now, you know, they were leaving it up to Leo Santa Cruz to say, hey, give us proof that the contracts were signed and it was finalized with a date and everything for the uh, Vargas fight. Well, it looks like that's not happening because there are Ray Vargas now has a different fight. Uh, well, theoretically, it got called at 1.30. We'll talk about that. But it looks like Santa Cruz and Lee Wood are now going to be 
back to where they were. Thought we had that shit figured out. Um, there was two good fights on paper. Really fun fights. Great fights, actually. And uh, unfortunately, those are not going to happen now. So hopefully, Leewood and Santa Cruz get in the ring here soon. You know what I mean? Um, but if he was injured and he couldn't fight against Lara, then is he going to be able to fight now? Like in the next couple months? I don't know. But case in point, like November 5th is supposed to be a showtime. It's supposed to be at the Armory. Um, at least that's where the reports are. Uh, but that, that hasn't even been announced. Now, given with the Armory, you're going to sell like, you know, 1,000, 1,500 tickets, 2,000 tickets tops. Um, it's not a huge, you don't need to bring in eight or 10,000 people. You know what I mean? So you could, you can get away with it for that. Um, but it's, it's, it's stalling stuff. And, and so we'll see. We'll see what ultimately all this stuff is. Um, we'll get to some other news, you know, in a little bit. Um, but let's start. Let's get back in the ring, okay? Let's get back in the ring, not just just talk. Let's get back in the ring. We'll, like I said, we'll do some new stuff in a little bit. But we do have Connor Ben versus Chris Eubank Jr. Um, like I said, at a catch weight. Uh, it is 157. Um, Eddie Hearn said kind of around, vaguely around 10 pounds um, for the rehydration the next morning. So 157 catch weight, around 10 pounds rehydration. I'm just going to quote him from, I think it was an IFL TV interview. Uh, luckily, it comes with your subscription here in the U.S. for the zone, so that's cool. 27 or 28 pounds. I think it's 28 pounds in the zone for the UK pay-per-view. Um, so it's a full price pay-per-view over there. I believe you have to have a sub to get it. Um, but yeah, it's so US kind of dodged the bullet there, so that's cool. I mean, I get why this fight some people are really pissed at this fight when it originally got, you know, announced as I mean, I get it. You'd rather see you bank against you know, somebody at 160, and you'd probably rather see 140, you know, a quality fight with Ben at 147. Um, you know, at least Eubank Jr. has fought some quality fighters, whereas, you know, Connor Ben is still, you know, climbing the ranks. He's a legit contender. You know, I'm not saying that, but the guys he's fought against, you know, were pretty faded. Uh, not every single last one of them, but as far as the guys with names, the Algeries or um, Granados or um, <clears throat> Vargas, uh, Formella, I think Formella, isn't Formella the last time he went the distance? I think that that was I think late 2020, I believe. I'm pretty sure it was, uh, yeah, actually someone, yeah, it was November, November 21st, 2020. Okay, thank you. Um, then he fought Sammy Vargas, Adrian Granados. These are all good prospect fights, you know. Um, Formella definitely wasn't out of his prime or anything like that. Uh, Chris Van Heerden, it's not, I don't know, he'd been stopped, you know, prior to that. But it was only against Spence at the time. Um, yeah, it was only Spence at the time. Um, now, he had, you know... He, 
Well, he had actually gotten a camp in and fought Ennis. That's right, but it stopped really early. I forgot about that. So he had had a long um, layoff, well over a year, year and like four months, but then he did at least get a camp in. Yeah, before that fight. So he just hasn't fought anybody, you know, even at his own weight class, as far as you can really, you know, tell, like, oh, yeah, this guy's really good, you know, whereas a more of a faded DeGale, um, George Groves, uh, Eubank Jr., you know, fought him like four years ago or something like that to go over four years ago. Uh, that was competitive, though. Uh, he knocked out Yildrum, more of a older faded you know arthur abraham i remember uh sullivan and blackwell uh billy joe saunders obviously this is a long time ago but billy joe saunders he he definitely got back into that fight in the second half so i mean he's and he's coming off what a fight with uh well oh, oh no it was earlier this year against liam williams that's right so i believe yeah that was the distance so you know I don't know. Like, is Connor a great, quote-unquote, little man? Or are they just, you know, a good, you know, the old saying, you know. Uh, uh, usually it's great, though. You know, a great big man beats a great small guy, you know. Uh, now, if someone's elite, that's where it's a difference. But we don't really know. Now, Connor Ben, considering he didn't have this long amateur career, he has improved. He's got fast hands. There is a variety of items that stand out and kept standing out and he's improved a lot you know he started getting a nice fan base and that's why i think ultimately i said earlier i said it when it was announced that this really does feel like a win-win as long as there's not major damage uh because you know a lot of people the first thing they think of is cal brook and triple g and that was going up a bowl 160 i believe was there a rehydration clause i don't remember um Maybe there was. I can't remember on that. But I do – didn't he have the IBF, so he was used to the 10-pound the, the thing or whatever, or Golovkin? Either way, a lot of people – first of all, Eubank Jr. is not Golovkin, especially a Golovkin from 2017. Or – wait, was that um, – yeah, I think it was September 2016. Anyway, um, so he's not – you know, I don't think Ben is where Kel Brook was at that time because Kel Brook had already proven, you know, himself against Porter and, and whatnot. Um, not to say Ben can't reach, you know, the level of Kel Brook. Maybe he will, but a lot of people see, well, Kel Brook had success in the fight. He landed big shots on Golovkin. They didn't do enough, and he got hurt. And eventually, in the other eye, down the stretch of the Spence fight, his next fight, he got hurt in the other eye. So... A lot of people thought, you know, damage-wise, yes, that could be a risk, no doubt about it. But beyond that, and I know it's hard to say, oh, beyond that, though, like it's easy, you know, to say. But So he could get damaged that way. But if he makes a good account for himself and he doesn't career damaging, you know, injury in that sense, then I think it's a win-win for Conor Ben because clearly this is going to do big numbers. I don't know what the gate's going to do, but – and I'm not saying it's going to for sure do a million buys over in the UK, like Eddie's saying, but it's a huge fight, and I get why it is. I totally understand why it is. 
It's a built-in rivalry from their fathers, yada, yada, yada. So anybody, you know, I, I get why it's pay-per-view in the UK. I totally understand. It, it makes a ton of sense. Um, now, as far, as far as the fight, yeah, on paper, Eubank Jr. is a veteran. He stays in pretty damn good shape. Like I said, he's been trolling a lot with these eating cakes and, you know, Kentucky Fried Chicken and stuff like that. I don't know if those are exactly current videos or not. I, I have no clue where he takes one bite and he's done. I have no clue. Uh, he's doing a good job trolling, you know. And the buildup's been really good considering they didn't have a, a long runway or nothing like that. So the fight sells itself. But, you know, Eubank Sr., it's kind of weird. He, not weird. I shouldn't say that. That's stupid terminology. But um, he's been very outright saying that he doesn't want his son to be involved in this fight. Um, this is Chris Eubank Jr. on the fight is right. Um, Chris, Chris Eubank Jr. is now calling for people to boycott the fight. Uh, he said the statement to Spencer Fearon, or Fearon, uh, boycott the fight. You know that three pounds beneath middleweight limits a 33-year-old what he can do. This is how brain injuries occur. And, you know, I see what he's saying there. That's why I kind of misspoke when I said, oh, that's weird. Um, but, you know, I don't know. He says he can make 160 fairly easily, uh, relatively speaking, I'm sure. So, you know, he doesn't have a problem with the one, the three pounds. We'll see. Money talks. Maybe that's part of his decision, obviously, right? Now, he, he actually just said to IFL TV, this is a mismatch. This is going to be a public execution. It's incredible because – uh, respected people in boxing industry are giving this kid a shot, saying he's going to beat me. It's incredible. It really is. And yeah, considering who he's fought uh, and he hasn't been tested and, you know, Eubank Jr. is a solid fighter. I'm not saying he's a killer. I'm not saying that he's got power, especially at 160. You know, um, and, you know, it's not actually that major of a underdog. I think plus it's plus 180 is what I saw. I'm actually on pro boxing odds, which is 185 is the, the highest I'm seeing. I'm seeing uh, plus 152, plus 175, plus 180, plus 185, plus 165. So that's not a huge, as far as boxing standards, that's not really a huge, uh, you know, underdog number. It's actually the closest fight of the weekend. Um, on the odds, it is. Well, you know what? I guess Dennis Hogan and, and Sam Eggington, actually, plus 114 for uh, Hogan. I wonder what's left of Hogan. Egg Eggington should win that fight, but that actually is a really close fight. For some reason I was thinking that a couple weeks back. Um, other than that, you have uh, uh, Fernando Martinez and uh, Jerwin Ger Anaconas. That, he's a plus... 200 plus 175. I think that's the lowest I'm seeing there. Uh, Jerwin is a plus 175 in our dog. So that's that's a really, you know, that's a that's a good fight. But other than that, so yeah, if you believe in Ben, I mean, there's a plus 185, plus 180 just, just waiting for you. And I, and I think hand speed and, you know, some of the, I don't know, some of the things that we've seen from him 
as far as almost like a patient yet seek and destroy type guy where his hand speed is power, he's letting off combinations, uh, his rhythm as a fighter, he he's looked really great that way. Like I said, we, he hasn't been in there with any top-level guy at welterweight. But who he has been in there, you can, you can sit there and criticize and be, or be critical of the opponents as far as judging him. I don't think he can as a prospect turning to contender because of his background, not having a ton of amateur fights. So I think he's been moved properly in a sense. But now that he's taken a step up, um, especially doing it weight class-wise, if Eubank Jr. is okay at the weight. And this is one of those things, you know, John who comes on weekly, you know, he, he likes to talk about the weigh-in as well. And I think sometimes it can be important. Sometimes he'll hold off or give kind of two different predictions uh, based off the weigh-in. And I think this is actually key time, you know, because, uh, you know, I think that there is a, a little give on the weight as far as getting fined. I, I know that – I can't remember the number, but I know it's it's not that – he can't miss by that much, Eubank Jr., because – I think it – God, I can't remember if it was 160 or – I can't remember the weight. If it's two or three pounds, if you're over that much, they could technically cancel the event. Now, would they cancel it? You know, we'll see how – you know. I mean, I don't think he'll be above 160, you know, but I don't know that for a fact, to be honest with you. I don't remember the exact weight, but I remember them saying they hold that in the contract potentially. So, you know, I mean – I think Eubank. I think you got to see Eubank Jr. on the scale, and it is one of those you ultimately got to see him in the ring that night too to make. You know, I mean, it's easy to be like after the first round, I'll give you my prediction. You know, um, but if Eubank Jr. if he does comfortably enough, relatively speaking, from someone that's losing that kind of weight because he's not a small guy, if he can make 160 fairly well, not easy, but you know, he could do it, it doesn't kill him, kill him, then maybe that 157, he'll be okay. But those last three pounds, that can be a killer. His father is right in a lot of sense, and I do have some, you know, not at the elite level, but I do have, and not years and years into your 20s, and, you know, even in your early 30s, but I, those le- those extra pounds can be really, really rough. So it is tough. Like, Eubank Jr. should be able to take the punches pretty well. And also deliver big punches that Ben hasn't been hit with. So on surface, it, I do think that Eubank should win this fight. I think he'll land the harder punches. I think Ben will be more active. It'll be interesting to see if Ben actually can show us stuff on the move and, and on the edge of the pocket, on the outside of the pocket, and using angles and stuff like that. Because like I said, He's kind of one at guys and try to knock them out and show hand speed and combination punches. And I don't know if that serves him best to not get hurt in this fight or to get knocked down and whatever. I don't know if that serves him best to, to sit there and have a bunch of exchanges, especially early with Eubank Jr. I don't anticipate him to get into a, a lot of back and forth early in the fight. I don't anticipate that from Connor Ben. But then again, with his hand speed and his quick combos, maybe he's thinking I can be in there in the pocket or at least in the middle of the ring, right? Keep it in the middle of the ring and use an angles and lateral movement and let off my combos and then dip. You know, will he be having Eubank Jr. trying to 
you know, follow him. Because sometimes Eubank Jr., and especially in this fight, I could see him just loading up with punches, not worrying about winning a bunch of rounds, especially in the first six or eight. Um, so it, it is tough. I, I'm, I'm, I favor Eubank Jr. just because of the size stuff. But if he makes that catch weight and the rehydration goes smooth enough, I think Eubank Jr. will work. But if it doesn't, then Connor Ben could just – I mean, who knows? Who knows what those three pounds do to Eubank Jr.? If he's a shell of himself, he's dying a while. So Connor Ben could just be so much quicker, and Eubank could be just you know gassed after six rounds. Um, he could be loading up and missing. We haven't necessarily seen a ton of defense. Well, he hasn't fought a, a top-level guy, like I keep saying, but we haven't seen a bunch of defense and countering and all that stuff against a guy that can come forward that's a contender as well, like a legit contender. And that's what he is at middleweight. So I'm going to go with Eubank Jr., but I do want to look at the scale 100% and just to make sure can't tell 100% on the scale, but if it if it's bad, a lot of times you can really see like, oh wow, yeah, you struggled during this weight, you know. So yeah, I'm gonna pick Eubank Jr., but man, if he struggles, I do like Connor Bed just with activity, hand speed, especially if he's kind of in and out of the pocket. Uh, but you never know what, what's gonna happen there. Now for Andorra and Campa. Uh, Carlos Ocampa, I should say, I said Campa, I think it's Ocampa. Um, you know, it's not like, like on paper, main event-wise, this isn't like, oh, dude, this is a huge fight. You know what I mean? Now, turn into just a brawl, you know, shit, it's Fondora. He's only had like one fight where it didn't, right? So, yeah, I, I think uh, Fondora, I think this actually will be a brawl. And I actually do think it's a, a good fight. That doesn't mean I think it's a, a, a great main event. Now, if it turns into a top 10, uh, you know, fight of the year or something like that, then I'll look back at it and go, you know what? That was a perfect uh, first main event because this is his first. No, a second main event. What am I saying? He's coming off fight of the year uh, with Erickson Lubin, or at least one of the top fights of the year. I know there's some debate. And that Sergio Garcia is the fight I'm talking about. Um Sergio Garcia, he actually won a different way in that fight. Um, it wasn't such a, a war, you know. I do like how uh, he's been moved as a prospect, though. He fought a, a bunch of solid dudes, even a Jamonte Clark, which he showed some, you know, show, it was a draw, and he showed some flaws in that one, turns right around and, you know, fights some solid dudes. Gallimore, you know, was solid. Coda is just a solid dude. Garcia Lubin now. I mean, this has really been big for him. Now, Ocampo, he, you know, he landed his shots on Spence early, considering he got knocked out in the first round. He landed some shots. Um, and he is on a, on a win streak. I mean, he's put together, like, double-digit wins. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, like, double-digit. Now, who has he fought? You know, um, that's the issue, right? Um, so, but considering Fundora, you know, is a guy that is in line for a title shot, I think this is a perfectly accessible fight. 
especially coming off a war. <laughs> um, so to get him a fight before the end of the year, I, I'm okay with the fight. But like I said, main event wise, yeah, it's not a great main event unless it's just a war. And it, you know, Carlos Ocampo will go. So I do think this will be fireworks. I'll say that. But I got Fundora winning uh, by stoppage. But I, I think it'll be fun while we get there. Uh, Kabalaskis and uh, Michael Fox. Mikhail, yeah, Michael Fox. Michaela Fox. Someone said Michaela. Michaela Fox. Are oh, you trying to make fun of him? Um, yeah, that is actually. Is that going to be on the YouTube? Someone sent me a message there. Is that going to be on uh, the YouTube fight? Is that is that an undercard YouTube fight? Because I know they they're kind of they they announced these late. I hope that's on YouTube. Um, because that actually is a really good fight, especially for an undercard fight. Um, so I, I, I hope that's the case. Um, but I don't know, you know, I don't know for a, for a fact on that one. Um, but I, I, I could see them doing that because that's, that's what they've been doing recently. Kind of like when they used to do it on, uh, uh, what was that other channel that Showtime had? It was like, Special edition? No, I can't remember what the hell. What was the other? I don't know. They used to have special editions, but that was a little different. What the hell was that? Showtime Extreme. That's what it was. Showtime Extreme. So now the other fight, uh, another fight, the Carlos Adamas. Um, he's taking on Montiel, and Montiel's a game fighter, solid dude. You know, he had a good fight with Charlo. He beat, or no, he had, I think it was a draw against uh, Centennial a while back. Um, he did get stopped early by Munguia. Um, he's fought some solid fighters. You know, I think that this is a good fight for, uh, you know, for Carlos, who's trying to, you know, he had that one loss a while back against Teixeira. Um, he put in a really, I mean, his best performance, in my opinion, to date against Derevchenko. I mean, that, that was a good-ass performance. Very solid fight. Um, so I expect him uh, to win the fight. Be, you know, alarmed if that's a, a competitive fight for, you know, a fair amount. Um, now, is uh, Montiel going to, you know, pull the upset? I'm not I'm not saying that. But I think it's a good fight for Adamas, to, you know, to, to fight a game fighter. He's trying to line himself up, too, in that division for a big fight. So I, I think that would be cool. Maybe it's those two that ultimately fight uh, Fundora and Carlos Adamas. Uh, maybe. You know, that that could be it. That, that definitely could be it. You never know. Um, so I think that's um, I think that's a pretty good uh, pretty good fight. I think that, like I said, these are good undercard fights. I, I like these undercard fights. I think they're going to be exciting, you know, in the ring. Um now, the other one is Jerwin Ancanjas against Fernando Daniel Martinez. And that is a rematch, by the way. Um, so, and Jerwin did lose that fight. Um, it was a 12-rounder. Um, I think this, you know, I, I favor, well, I favor Martinez, you know, um, obviously in the fight. But if you, you know, some people are kind of like, they think, you know, I've, I've seen some folks on boxing Twitter kind of say that they feel like Jerwin's going to actually learn from the fight. Um, and he is only, I mean, he is a plus 200, so that plus 175. So that's not like, 
way out of hand or whatever. You know what I mean? Um, it's 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 somewhat possible, I'd say. So we'll see. You know, if in fact he can, uh, you know, make up for that fight. So, um, so yeah, I, I think um, you know, it's 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 pretty good. You know, it's not a. I just think that yeah, it was a clean win or whatever. Um, but it was entertaining. You know, it definitely was entertaining. So I, I don't see why this would be a a slow fight or something like that. Martinez fucking landed, you know. Anacanas, you know, Drewin land, you know, he threw like over 800 punches. I should get the punch stats up. I remember that just being a juggernaut. Um, one yeah, here it is, 192 and 816. But Martinez fucking threw over a thousand punches. I don't remember it being 427 like Holy, I thought it was like 300s. Holy shit. Um, damn. That, I mean, you know, stylistically, you know, it seems like they were made for each other. You know what I mean? Obviously. I mean, that, that those, the copy box on that. God, I don't remember it being 400. Holy shit. I, I remember him throwing over a thousand punches. I thought it was in the 300. My goodness gracious. I almost forgot about that. Yeah, so 421. I'm at CompuBox right now. Uh, that was Punches Landed, a junior, a CompuBox junior bandweight record. Uh, Martinez became the 47th fighter in the CompuBox history to land 400 or more punches. Um, damn. Yeah, I, I knew it was a lot, but golly. I mean, to land 41% of your punches, holy shit. I do remember Jerwin doing a good job to the body. He did win 64-37 there. But, yeah, I just think it's a, you know, it's a good fight stylistically and all that. Um, so, yeah, let's let's hope that it's that again. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to pick, the, you know, Martinez to win. I got Me Machine, Martinez, um, Carlos Adamas, and then, uh, Fondora. So that, that's who I, uh, I got this weekend. Uh, about it. Like I said, the Hogan Eggington, that might be the closest fight on paper. Oh, it is the closest fight. What am I saying? It is the closest fight on paper of a whole damn weekend. So, um, you know, that's positive. And we won't have any kind of clashing going on either, by the way, uh, as far as schedule. So that's cool, too. You know how it is sometimes. It's just so over the top. By the way, on Friday night, um, Zucon and Brandon Benitez will be on ProBox. That'll be on ProBox TV. The app is two bucks a month. Uh, Zucon, keep an eye on that. Uh, by the way, and, oh, and then another one, DAZN has confirmed that Virgin TV customers can buy Eubank Jr. or Eubank and Ben through their set-top box directly. So that's what they call the, the box, the set-top box. And there it is. Cost for the pay-per-view will be twenty-seven ninety-eight, which will include access to the zone for a month. So 28 pounds, some people are saying to, to get it, you have to be on the zone, and that's the only way you have to be a subscriber. So you'd have to subscribe and still pay that. Well, you can actually get it on Virgin TV. Uh, just so you guys know out there in the UK, 
Shouts out to the UK fans. They're definitely going to show up for this one. I know that. Um, let's see. Oh, Richardson Hitchens signs with Matchroom. Um, I don't know how many, you know, multi-fight deal or whatever, but, um, he, he's got a fight coming up. Um, the, the press release, uh, basically, he, he, you know, he's got a fight coming up and it prepares to set up a pursuit of major belt and blockbuster next. Um, and obviously, like, Montana Love is a natural fight for him. Uh, Sandor Martin, I believe, is with Matchroom. Uh, that Liam, uh, what the hell is his last name? I don't know, but he is going to be part of the Love versus Spark. This was kind of funny. I got to say this, not having anything to do with Hitchens. Uh, those are some good fights for him. Ultimately, we'll see where he goes past that, but, you know, Love would be a good fight, Sandor Martin. That that'd be good. Those are be good fights um, for him. But when Matchroom and this card that they have, that Love Spark is the the uh, the main event, and Tapia Matisse is on there for Lucas. For Lucas is a good fight, uh, but three title fights added. It's like th- these are not called title fights. Stop. That's that's not real title. By the way, Zapata and Progray make it WBC title fight. I, this is Jake Donovan from a handful of days ago, November 26th in Southern California. Just so you know, it looks like they're eyeing the Dignity Health Sports uh, uh, Park is what it is. But it it does sound like it's still going to be an independent pay-per-view. Moderately priced, but yeah. Um, So... We'll see where that goes. Um, just some more fallout from that Frank Warren, or not Frank Warren. This is a quote from Frank Warren, but the Titan Joshua. This is Daily Sport. Um, so basically, Frank Warren, and this is from a handful of days ago, saying, "Well, you know, um, the talks are now an issue over who has the final say on matters such as commercial deals." Warren said they have suggested appointing an independent mediator, but no response from the AJ side yet. I'm not really sure. I've kind of talked about uh, both sides on that one. Um, you know, we'll see ultimately. Now, Frank Smith on the matchroom side said, you know, Tyson Fury changes his mind daily. We're not going to be demanded to. I heard Eddie say that as well. We're not going to be demanded to. Here's some news from Jake Donovan. The IBF has confirmed that Joe Cordina was stripped of his junior lightweight title injury prevents him from honoring the mandatory defense against Rakamov. Uh, the bout was scheduled to be in November, you know, Abu Dhabi in November 5th on that undercard of uh, Bivol and Ramirez. Um, already two months past the IBF deadline when the fight was supposed to take place. So I can see both sides of that. It does kind of suck uh, for that though. Uh, speaking of more Jake Donovan stuff, WBC has approved a request for current 126-pound titleist Ray Vargas, so he keep his belt to challenge. Uh, well, actually, I don't know. Would he approve a request? So maybe he, he wouldn't keep his belt. I don't know about that. Maybe he'd have to decide after. That's probably what it would be. Maybe from the smoke clears, but it wouldn't. Uh, Leo Santa Cruz. But anyway, uh, Ray Vargas. They've approved a request for him to challenge for the vacant 130-pound title, which obviously 
vacated the WBC and the WBO from Shakur Stevenson. Vargas will have to face current number one contender Oshaki Foster. So, um, will that fight go through? Possibly. If Broadway Joe over the top of that quote, tweet quoted him, the quote continues. I don't know how I just did that. Um, Broadway Joel says, uh, Ray Vargas is with the PBC, as we know, and if he were to beat Foster, that could potentially be an invitation to Hector. He said the great Hector Luis Garcia, which that would be a damn good fight, too, because if Foster won, that'd be a good fight. This is from Boxing Scene uh, yesterday. Usyk manager says Deontay Wilder is a real option for the next fight. Fury, you know, he's talking about Fury is looking for a December stay busy fight. Hopefully everything goes or is going to line up with Fury, the Fury fight, and we'll see, says Klimas, his uh, his manager, Usyk's manager. Um, I'm hearing Fury wants December 30th, which we don't have a big problem with, but the other side is boxing things happen, breaking hands, breaking legs and stuff. So it's hard to predict, but fingers crossed, we are going to be ready from our side. We're going to be ready for that. So he is saying that's the fight he wants, obviously. Uh, but it's very possible, he said, actually Usyk called and said, if Fury's not available and we cannot make the Fury fight, I would like the Deontay Wilder fight. So I asked him why, and he said, because he's a risky fighter, and I like that. Um, so whether that's just putting the pressure on or not, we'll see. Talked about a rematch this coming weekend on the Showtime undercard. Here's an, a, a fight uh, added to Estrada Chocolatito card. Uh, Julio Cesar Martinez and Nick Williams Arroyo, um, which obviously, you know, is a rematch. Like I said, the fight was going to be off. I mean, they even say it right here on boxing scene, you know, that that fight was looking like a, a dance, right? That fight looking like a fight of the year stuff. Um, but there was a, sh- uh, a accidental head clash that, that, from a cut uh, for Aola, but it was three rounds whirlwind that saw both fighters hit the canvas. Uh, in it, and uh, it, that was, I mean, on paper, it looked like it was going to be good, and then when we saw it in the ring for those rounds, it looked like it was going to be crazy. Um, so that's good. That's really good. Speaking of, uh, Desert Di- the Desert Diamond Arena announced in Phoenix uh, that that's where the fight's going to take place between uh, Juan Francisco Estrada and Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez. For the trilogy in Glendale, not Phoenix, actually, Glendale, it's just kind of that. December 3rd, uh, and it's today, check back here uh, for the pre-sale code today. Ticketmaster link, go to Desert Diamond Arena, check that out. I heard ringside tickets are very affordable, so, you know, I know a lot of people are going to go to that fight. And also, Joe Joyce said, if you're in AJ, Eddie Hearn, you can give your new best mate Frank Warren a call and I'll take the 17th slot with AJ. Easy to make. So he's he's ready to fight AJ. Oh, that's an interesting fight there and another fight that if you're going to rebuild them for a fight or two, AJ and Eddie Hearn, you're probably not going to go against Joe Jones. Um, this is just to kind of hear the other side of it um, as far as the Fury stuff and Joshua stuff. This is Bob Aram. Eddie Hearn is stalling everything because he doesn't want the fight. He's stalling until it dies. I don't think Joshua's part of it. I think Joshua wants the fight. I know Fury does, but Eddie doesn't. Um, Eddie Hearn on Bob Arum, you know, 
on that comment. He said Bob two weeks ago said no chance this fight happens. Now apparently there's no barriers. But there's only a 50% chance he's getting the fight. So they're just going back and forth and back and forth. This is from um, Ron Katz. Assumptions should never be made pertaining to negotiations, especially seeing those making the assumptions have no clue what's taking place. As you stated, you should have confidence that this fight will happen happen to you. And that is a quote about the Spence Crawford stuff. Um, here's, I think it's just, I think that's about it. Boxing Twitter. Actually, somebody sent me this from Twitter, and it's, it's a box rack that says the nationality of this guy is Jamaican. Oh, it says Axman, so we know who that is. Um, his last fight was against Vasily Lomachenko. Holy cow. November 26, 2016. Sounds like 10-15 he has an eight-rounder scheduled. The Axman is back. Wow, man, that is a long. You kind of forget, like, wow, that's a that's a long. Time. I knew they thought a long time ago, but golly, oh my god, I, I didn't know it was that long ago. I got it. Um, jeez, that, that just seems like way way longer than I thought, huh? Anyway, um, a couple more items here, and of course, I'm talking about Nicholas Walton. Um, for those who didn't know, uh, it sounds like he's back. Okay, so more boxing Twitter, then we'll get the hell out of here. Ray Virus fighting a tougher opponent in his day, 130 debut than Shakur has throughout his 130 campaign. Wild. I think that's ridiculous. I know that uh, J-Row said, you know, tougher, meaning Oscar Valdez, I guess, wasn't as tough as uh, Foster. Or or herring wasn't as tough. I don't I don't know. But, but, but like stylistically, what do, what do you? So Foster's tougher stylistically or tougher tougher? You know, like mentality. Like Oscar Valdez is pretty tough, uh, but I, maybe he's just thinking style wise. I don't know. But that on the surface that looks like a troll. I kind of see the angle he's coming from. Uh, this is Fred. For years, people would post on Reddit about this clause for Heyman made fighters sign over their life rights to control or sign over their their rights to control their life own life and in the end it was a standard clause um of no one but the manager having the power to negotiate fights people work really hard to be ignorant yes that is very true if mike tyson is a hall of famer wilder should be in easily tyson doesn't even have a luis ortiz on his resume that's a Boy, that's a fanboy talking there. Good golly. Um, yeah. This is another one from Fred. Someone sent me. I remember the last time. This is actually what I was just saying earlier in the show. I remember the last time people made a bunch of claims as to what was in an Al Heyman contract, and then Golden Boy sued PBC and Al Heyman, and the contract showed none of the supposed language people cited. Good times. Good times. Yeah, and actually the judge even said uh, it actually – was more damaging. So yeah, I'm going to get out of here. Um, let's hope that, you know, we get good news on both of these fights. And I'm talking about Tank and Garcia and Spencer Crawford. And that's why I don't want to give any kind of final ranting segment on it because 
you know, a lot was said about the negotiation breakdown, like I mentioned, about Canelo and Caleb Plant, and then the fight happened. So until the fight's done and dead, and like I said, if Spence and Thurman announce a fight, I like that fight, but I would be disappointed, obviously. Um, then we can sit there and conclusively say, okay, what's going on? Because like I said, both sides are going to come out and talk after this. But the key is, don't forget this part. You saw some talk on Twitter and on YouTube and, you know, on platforms about, uh, you know, the Fury AJ. And then it got pretty intense with the deadlines and Fury and all that, giving out multiple deadlines. And then, you know, Eddie Hearn and Frank Warren were talking about it. Joshua was doing some raps about it and saying, he, you know, it's with the lawyers and whatnot. Um, so, and, I, and like I said, I did credit Eddie for basically answering questions, but then holding off and saying, you know, we're in a good place. I don't want to mess anything up, yada, yada, yada. So that was not a quiet negotiation. And then it got louder as it went on, you know, obviously. Fury and, well, Eddie and Warren both talked about it apparently too. And they both were like, well, you know, I don't know. They, for what Eddie usually does during negotiations, he was on, I guess you could say, his best behavior. Uh, was it, did he not, you know, he could have just said no comment or be vague. Uh, but he did answer questions with detail about the splits and about all that stuff. So that, that stuff's fair. But remember, both these fighters have not come out and spoken publicly about it. They're still in negotiations. So we'll see what happens. Narrative especially with stuff, you know, comes right back time and time again in the face of things being turned out not to be anything. But we'll see. We will see. You know, as a boxing fan, I want both of these fights to happen. And, and especially with the Spence Crawford, it has been a few years now that we've wanted it. So that's why people are, they're waiting so long. And we thought we had a date and all that stuff. So that I understand why people are like, shit, you know. Especially when there was reports. That's the thing about the, the Coppinger report and Dan and, and other people out there. It's like they reported that it was just some – the lawyers were looking over the contracts and it's going to get signed. So I, I don't know. I have no clue. All we can do is wait for an announcement or the fact that they say the fight's dead. Anyway, I'm out of here. Enjoy the fights this weekend, and we'll be back next week. Peace. Once you become the world champion, I believe that you feel you have the upper hand. So now, when, as you fight, let's say you fight for five years of straight survival, of the bullshit, of the whole bag, and when you become the world champion, you're like, you know what?